Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? I got the Locked On NBA Big Board crew in the building again. This is three nights in a row, and today we are going to get off our hot takes. What are the, some of the hottest takes from the NBA Big Board crew? Stay tuned. All right, this is the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, your daily NBA draft podcast. I am Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. I'm also the guy that somebody told I should stop mentioning that in my intro because I'd be nothing and all of us would be nothing if it wasn't for Chad Ford. But anyway, I'm a little biased because I still think no matter what this, I was about to call him a name, but what this guy says, this is the best NBA draft crew on social media and on YouTube. So I got Richard Stamen, aka the clip god, who is wearing a Charlotte Hornets James Book Night shirt today. The clip god. Then we got Sam Ferris, aka the intelligent one. Even though his name is Draft Dummies, his Twitter name is Draft Dummies, he's just fooling you. We all know he is super intelligent. And then we got the grinder, Leaf Tuling who says he watches more college basketball than anyone. Now, that is probably the boldest statement than anyone. So if you feel like you watch more college basketball than Leaf, then you should probably challenge him with some stats because he has info for days. All right, guys, we are, I mean, I guess the draft is tonight, right? So let's get off some of these hot takes for the draft. I will start with you, Sam. What is your top hot take for what happens in a few hours. Okay, so my first one's kind of like a prediction for a few years down the road, more so than on draft night. So two of my favorite guys that I'm higher on than the consensus in terms of looking at the guard position are Blake Wesley and Bryce McGowan's, two guys that I have higher than the consensus, two top 20 prospects for me. So the way I've formed this into a hot take is I'm going to say by year three, one of the two of those guys will average at least 16 points per game in an NBA season. So kind of following like the Jordan Poole uh, kind of mold there. By year three, either Blake Wesley or Bryce McGowan's kind of hedging my bet a little bit are going to average. One of the two will average, you know, around 16 points per game by their third season. Well, I know for sure you have two big Blake Wesley's supporters in this crew right here i i I don't know if richard is one of them but i know me and leaf we are big blake wesley believers and i I, Um, if i'm not i I wouldn't be shocked if you just took leaf's hot take (laughs) that would not surprise me at all i'm kind of i'm kind of appalled right now that was just about (laughs) word for word my take but uh uh, but i'll I'll extend the one i was gonna it's a little different but it's the same players Uh, i had blake wesley Jaden Hardy and Bryce McGowan's two of the three become 20 point scorers by the end when their careers are said and done. And, and I'm saying that like maybe one or two years at, at they score 20 points per game and two of those three will, will do it. And you can toss in Malachi Branham as well. in that I just feel like that he's getting lottery consideration. So it feels a little different to, to put in four, but I'll say two of those three or four become 20 point per game scores. All right. 20 point per game scores on a playoff team or 20 point per game scores period. Cause I think there is a difference. I'll go. One of those two is a playoff team uh, score. 
and, and one is, one is not. I, I, I think I, I think it's hard to say without knowing which team to go to. All right, I'm gonna throw Richard Alab for his hot take. Kendall Brown or Jeremy Sohan? <laughs> Man, I I don't want to be the one to go negative here. I, everybody else is like good things, good things, and now you're just about to make me go no, I hate this, <laughs> which is not at all what I actually think, but. Uh, I go Kendall Brown. I still have him 14th on my board. I have Jeremy Sohan in the 20s. Uh, specifically, I have Sohan at 22. Uh, for me, it's just I really don't know. I personally don't know if Sohan ever scores double digits points per game. Doesn't mean he can't be impactful. There's plenty of players in the league that are very impactful single digit scores. Draymond Green has been one, for example. But I really do wonder about how much he actually sticks in the NBA just because of that. Again, that lack of first step explosiveness off of fakes and he can't shoot. So like, what does he do when he catches it in the corner? What happens to the offense? I, I have a lot of concerns about that, but I'll go in a positive for Kendall Brown. So I'm not just the negative Nancy in the room. I, I think Kendall Brown is actually going to be the best version of what Josh Green could have been. You look at somebody who is more truly set up to be a small ball five in the way Josh Green should have been, but the measurements weren't as favorable. Kendall Brown has an over seven foot wingspan, more functionally athletic than Josh Green was and is, and not far off of a passer. I think he also can handle the ball a little bit more. Jump shot, I don't know if it comes along. I really don't, but as long as he's not taking bad shots, which seemed to be his forte at Baylor was just taking smart shots. That's why he was shooting over 70% to start the year. I think he can stick in the NBA a lot better than Sohan can. I have to come back to you and ask you this question. What should Josh Green have been? He should have been a, a, a like a almost a smaller. I, I hate saying Iguodala for everything, but he should have been a better defender. I think the defense has been underwhelming. Personally, uh, the passing and cutting is very nice, and the effort is cool. But the impact—it's he's a positive player. Like advanced stats, absolutely love him. But I thought he was going to be a way more impactful role player who comes off the bench and just locks the the opposing guys the opposing you know scorers I don't want to say stars but just the top scorers up and is able to hold his own but we've seen him get cooked on defense by any first option he can't contain first options I think Kendall Brown will be able to from day one that makes sense all right here is my hot take Mark Williams will be a top 10 player in this class when it's all said and done I don't know if he gets drafted in the top 10. I think he should. I, I've i seen him dominate games. I mean, I, I feel like some of the best games of the season, if he wasn't in foul trouble, I mean, I, I think back to that Gonzaga game, He, you can make a case and say outside of – he maybe been the best player the entire game. I, mean, I know Paolo got off to a, a hot start. But, yeah, I think Mark Williams can be a top 10 player when it's all said and done in this class. And a little bit of – information that I've been hearing is that multiple people, and I just tweeted it out, multiple people, even some scouts that were in some of his workouts, believe that Mark Williams will be able to stretch the floor. Which, you know, I, on one hand, I, when I said, when I heard stretch the floor, I'm thinking, okay, short corners, elbows, and they said, no, they think that he should be able to eventually develop into a, a reliable or at least decent shooter from three. All right, it's back on you, Leaf. Another hot take. I've got one. I don't think this one's crazy, but we'll see. Uh, Jalen Duran will be an all-star within the first seven years of his career. 
I mean, he'd only be like 24. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'll, I'll go five. I, 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 I wanted to give him development time, though. Yeah, no, I'm just saying he's so young that when he's like, and I'm joking, but I think he can be like, you know how like Devin Booker, you look up, you're like, how are you about to be on your third contract? And you're still, I don't even know if Devin Booker's like 26 yet, but Mark Williams is super young. Like Andre Drummond, you know, Andre Drummond's only 28. That is crazy. And Derek yep. Favors, I don't even know if Derek Favors is 30. Those are two of the craziest stats out there. All right, Sam, you got a scorching hot take for us? <laughs> Leaf and I keep taking uh, ours from each other. So don't, you guys, quick... don't, don't you guys both live in Utah? <laughs> I know. So <laughs> all, all, I was going to say Jalen Duran makes an all-defense team uh, in his career, especially, and you tweeted this out, Raphael, like an hour ago, there's reports that the Raptors might be trying to move up for that number seven pick involving OG. And I think Jalen Duran's going to be really good either way. But if he ends up in Toronto, that would be a phenomenal fit. And that would make me feel much more confident about this. But since that one was already taken, I'll give one more where I, I really like, well, I think there's a lot of guys that are going to drop early in the second round that I like. So the way I'm phrasing this one is I think four or five years from now, when we do a redraft, there will be two guys in the top 15 or so in a redraft that get picked out of like the 31 to 40 range, like the first 10 picks of the second round. So I was looking at the, the bleacher report, but you can pick any mock draft. In the 31 to 40 range right now, we got guys like Christian Brown, Bryce McGowan's, Trevor Keels, Kendall Brown, Jalen Williams, Ryan Rollins. Those are guys we all like. I think two out of those kind of seven, eight guys end up being top 15 guys in a redraft four or five years from now. I just think with the depth in this class, like those first 10 picks in the second round, I think there's going to be some major steals there. Uh, Richard already talked about Kendall Brown. I tweeted that out. I don't understand how he's going to end up being a second round pick. I love the value there. You guys love Ryan Rollins. I really like Bryce McGowan's as well. So a lot of value there. I think two out of the first 10 picks of the second round will be like top 15 or so guys in a redraft five years from now. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't think there's that much difference between picks 15 and 35. And I feel like I've been saying this since like January. And some general manager is going to look brilliant. It's going to look like a genius because you may get a couple Herb Jones type guys, maybe not right away, but you may get a couple guys that end up being high level rotation players in before their rookie contract ends that were second round picks. All right, it's on you, Richard. Wow. Well, uh, I, I'll, I'll go positive this time. I almost went with another negative, but that just can't be my brand here. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, a couple guys that I see as all rookie guys, probably second team. I doubt any of that. Either of these are first team, but a couple guys that are going to be picked below what I expect 15 that make the all rookie team. And that's Oche Ogbaji from Kansas. I fully buy his shooting. I think he's going to get a couple assists a game just based on I love his ability to find shooters off of pump fakes. I think it's something really underestimated about him. Don't know how good the defense is, but I think it can be masked given his athleticism and length. And then also Jalen Williams from Arkansas. That one really depends on where he gets drafted. If he gets drafted to a team where he can play uh, more than 15 minutes a game, 
really 20, I should say, because 20 minutes you need uh, to really flirt with all rookie. I think both of those guys are potential all rookie players. You look at uh, for Jalen Williams, the dude is a jack, like the textbook jack of all trades, master of none player. Uh, room to grow as a jump shooter takes he's Kyle Lowry level charge taking already at 20, that 20 or 21 years old. And you look at the jump he made just overall, he's just so impactful on both ends of the floor. I think it's going to translate almost in a way that Herb Jones's role translated so cleanly to the NBA. And, you know, I like, I like him a lot. Jalen Williams, that is. And I spoke to a scout and he did not like him in their team workouts. His exact words were he was all bark and no bite. He did more talking and barking than anything else. And I know like, I can't let that one opinion kind of sway how I feel, but this scout was totally, totally off of him. All right, let's talk about draft night, which is tonight. One live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. Every show is going to be live tonight. So join your favorite hosts 15 minutes before their pick, whether it's Locked On Mavs, Blazers, Locked On Magic, Locked On Thunder, Join them 15 minutes before the pick on YouTube for the immediate reaction from your local expert. Subscribe to your favorite Locked On Teams channel right now so you will know when they go live. Now, this may sound familiar to you. Boom shakalaka. I remember when I was a kid, but we have big news. And the one and the only NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, which is the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game back, the best game ever. They're not only bringing it back, but they've made it bigger than ever with a, wait for it, Shaq Edition machine. And people are so obsessed with the NBA Jam. And I'm thrilled to tell our listeners that once again, you can play hoops with the NBA legends in this arcade classic. So you can jump clear across the court and set the ball on fire in one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. There's no fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through our all-new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from RK1Up.com. That is RK, the number one, up.com. And the estimated delivery is early September. I'm sorry, the estimated ship date is early September. RK1.com, RK1Up.com. They have more classics like Golden T, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $3.99. And now check this out. They are giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a Locked On listener. So you are listening. That means you are a Locked On listener. You should enter for a chance to win the game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That is arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You have until July 8th to enter to win the NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Do not miss out. Enter today. Leaf. Who are you going to play with? I think Leaf was too young for NBA Jam. Am I correct there? Yeah, I, I didn't play much of it, but I, I'd, I'd have to go with Stockton and Malone. What about you, Richard? No, nah, Penny Shack. Sam? Stockton and Malone also for me. The Utah boys stick together. <laughs> I'd probably go with, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm going to go with the Blazers. I'm, I, don't, I don't even remember who the Blazers had. I'm assuming Clyde Drexler and and Terry Porter. All right. I guess it is on me for a hot take. And this is, I mean, the numbers and the statistics will back it up. But 
whoever is the number two pick in the draft is probably going to be the worst of the guys selected in the top five. That's wow. just my hot take. <laughs> go on, go on. Is that like, specific who, who you... to one prospect? Yeah. No, I just say who's ever number two. You look at the past few drafts, sometimes the guy that goes number two just hasn't hasn't been as good. Um, I, I remember just, I, I just saw it a few years ago. Um, it was a big debate between who is going to be better between Bagley and Aiton. And I mean, and Bagley was number two. And Bagley has, you can say he was the worst out of the top five in that class. Was Derek Williams number two? Yes. Yeah. Was, was Hashim to beat number can two? I, yeah. <laughs> can I read the number two picks of the yeah. last uh, of the last 10 years? So it yeah. goes Jalen Green last year, James Wiseman in 2020, John Morant. You got Marvin yeah. Bagley, okay. Lonzo Ball. Granted, Markel Fultz was number one. They were both misses. Brandon Ingram. That was good. D'Angelo Russell. There was a back-to-back years. Number two and number one both hit. Jabari Parker, Victor Oladipo, and <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and then Derek Williams. So fifty-fifty, or yeah, maybe and it goes. It's been just about every other year outside of a couple, like just random times where back-to-back. It's almost been all-star role player, bad, really bad. I mean, it's, it's like the, honestly, you know what a fun game would be as if you did the equivalent, the basketball equivalent and part of my language, even before I'm not actually cousin, but MFK of basketball bus role player star. <laughs> if, if I had thought of that before, we could have done a whole segment on this. Like I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just remember like, I mean, I, I think there's other guys even before the, to beat. It was somebody else that I can't think of off the top of my head. That was the number two pick. Maybe it was maybe it was Kid Gilchrist. But can you believe he's out? I mean, Kid Gilchrist and Jabari Parker are both out of the league already. What I year? Think Jabari, Jabari's still like halfway there. He didn't finish. It's, he, it's he, like, I mean, he he's not doing anything impactful, but he's like there. What was the last team he played for? Boston, I think. Boston, yeah. He worked out with the Jazz the other <laughs> yeah. day with yes. the draft work. I saw that. <laughs> yes, did you see the names on that list? I mean, both of those guys are not even 30, and they're out. All right, that was my hot takes. Probably can get me in a little trouble later on down the line, but it's on you, Leaf. Yeah, I got nothing to rival that, so I'll, I'll give a positive one here, but that, that's, that's going to take the cake unless someone else has something really cooked up. I'll go uh, two WCC products that I think are going to be high draft picks, and they're not named Chet Holmgren. Uh, One is Jalen Williams. I think he's going to go in the lottery, and at the very bottom, uh, he's going to be picked 16th. And then the other is Andrew Nemhart is going to go in the top 25. You stole one of mine. Andrew Nemhart is going to be, in my opinion, a backup point guard for one of these playoff teams, and he's going to be like Tyus Jones. That was one of my hot takes. Yeah, I, I, I've been watching some Nemhard film, and he I'm, I'm posting my final big board in about 30 minutes, and he's he's steadily climbing. Sam, the man. All right. Um, so my next hot take is there's a couple Kansas products. My hot take is that Christian Brown ends up being the better pro as opposed to Ochai Akbaji. You got to elaborate on that one. You know, I have them pretty close on my board, like within a few spots, but figured I'd go with the hot take there. But uh, Christian Brown's been 
a riser for me as I've gone back and watched film. He's a guy that I've always liked analytically, but he's going to go end of the first round, I hope, or my hope is he goes to a good team that uh, plays more of a motion system because his feel for the game, his cutting, his movement off ball is so, so good. Um, he gets talked about as like an underrated sneaky athlete because he's white, but he's just a good athlete. And yeah, just like one of my favorite micro skills or things to watch in this class is just watching Christian Brown off the ball offensively. He just constantly is floating into the right spot. As a Warriors fan, I would love to see Christian Brown in that motion style offense in Golden State. And so I think if he ends up in a playoff team that I think he can play a role for a team like that from day one. I, I'm lower on Ogbaji than the consensus, obviously. I view him as kind of a late first round pick. I don't see as much to his game outside of the three-point shot in the defense. Don't think he has the handle, the passing, or quite the feel that Brown does. But again, that's just my comparison uh, versus the consensus. I have him pretty close on my board, just a few spots apart. Actually, you know, I wanted to kind of change gears a little bit. Did anybody see the article about the Suns today in, in the uh, India's yeah. pen about their draft philosophy or lack thereof? And the first person that I thought of, if the Suns had a lottery pick, they'd take Ocha Agbaji because they look at him as like, he can come in and play for us right now. We, we don't care about potential and upside. And it makes sense how they drafted Cam Johnson. But then they also took um, Jalen Smith, Smith, who who I who I like, who I think is going to be a good fit. But I thought that article was was very interesting, and it just kind of makes what we do seem like is way too much. And I mean, their philosophy is is so minimal. All right, Richard, it's it's on you. Yeah, I'm gonna do a two parter. Um, I'm gonna counter. I I actually we're flipped, Sam. You and I have very opposite opinions on Brown and Agbaji. I really don't trust Brown's game to translate personally. I think he's got an issue of premeditating a ton of his plays, especially in transition. I mean, if he sees the rim, he's going to the rim. And, there, and I think it's going to be stoppable in the NBA. I worry about how low and slow, below the dip is and how slow his jump shot is to really shoot over defenses in the NBA. I think that was almost hidden. I don't trust him to pull up at all. Uh, even off of pump fakes, he didn't really pull up outside of uh, like a true, you know, pump fake, take a hard dribble, pull up into somebody's face. He really couldn't do that. And also I do not think he has a left hand and that scares me a lot. I don't think he likes finishing with his left hand. I haven't seen him ever go with the straight line drive left hand. So that really scares me. And then lastly, just the foot speed on defense is nice. Uh, I do think his skill on defense is good, but I wonder with a negative or square frame, whichever it was, does his defense translate to the NBA? And I think even if half of those things get cut in half of their ability as they were in Kansas. I just don't know if he sticks. And then, Both. sorry. And then the other part uh, was just going to be like, I, I think Wendell Moore um, really wanted to spit it out, but uh, Sam said the Christian Brown thing and I just couldn't resist fighting back. But, but when, I think Wendell Moore goes top like 17. I don't think he's there past. Uh, I think the Rockets is his four. So I, I was at the combine and I sat next to some scouts and, and they had similar concerns about Brown shot. They felt like the, the dip is low and they're wondering how he gets it off against NBA length. But they were saying like, if he plays with like a Giannis or somebody that creates a whole bunch of gravity, then, then it may help. And then what Sam said, anybody that says he is 
not athletic question anything about his athleticism is just not paying attention like that guy is a very very good athlete regardless of his ethnicity and i mean just watching him at the combine during the transition drills he he gets up he's actually more athletic than some players that we label athletic and i just think that's just you know poor stereotyping there all right, here's a hot take, and this is directly aimed at my guy, Rich. I just thought about it. Two of us are in Dallas, and two of us are, and the other two are in Utah. So I'm going to pick on my, my Dallas guy. Kennedy Chandler is going to be a starting point guard in the NBA one day. When is that day? I'm curious when you think. Like, what year? Year three. I could see it. I mean, like, we talked to a player who knows Kennedy Chandler, and you remember what he said was like, that dude's got bunnies. That dude can jump. Yeah. And that might be a saving grace for him. Uh, I just worry about his jump shot. But he shot I see 38% from him. three. Yeah. I know you I don't mean, believe it, in it. <laughs> yeah. How much of it was contested, though? That's like against big length. That's what kind of concerns me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's going to need to shoot contested threes in the NBA but I like I, I really like Kennedy Chandler for some reason I think he lands in Memphis which is not going to give him an opportunity to be a starting point guard if he's there hometown kid but I, I think that he's going to be dynamite in the second unit to start his career and then I think somebody's going to he's going to outperform that position and he's going to end up being somebody that they end up trading because they feel like they can't afford him all right Leaf it's back on you another Leaf hot take yeah, I think I think most of my hottest takes are have been fired, but let's see what you guys think about this one. Uh, I've got Usman Jang is going to be picked eighth or ninth, and uh, and I don't think I, I think that's that's it right there. I think he's risen up draft boards. I think not too long ago, I had him around fourteen. That's actually where I'm still. And people were kind of talking like, "Oh, did you watch the first half of his season?" And and now he's potentially going to be picked eighth or ninth. So I'll I'll leave leave that out there and see if that's lukewarm or hot but that, that's a take. I think it's fair. I just want to know, and I'm not saying it like a direct question. I just want to know which of the guys that projected ahead of him falls down, whether it's Johnny Davis, it has to be Johnny Davis, Sharp, Matherin, maybe Dyson Daniels. I don't think Keegan Murray falls, but somebody's going to fall if, if Ushman goes to the Pelicans or to the Blazers. Yeah, I I would lean toward it be Dyson Daniels, AJ Griffin, and Johnny Davis being the th two of the three could fall, uh, meaning he'd get a chance in there. Um, I I don't know. I that's just I just think that those fits make sense, and they they've got the ability to kind of swing there, and and I've seen some links tying him to both those teams. All right, Sam, it's on you. All right, um, my next one is. In my opinion, as prospects, the gap between Jaden Ivey and number one on my board is smaller than the gap between Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray. So in other words, I'm lower on Keegan, higher on Jaden Ivey. I don't think there's really a debate there at four for the Kings. If they stay, they should, in my opinion, take Ivey. Uh, I'm just a bit lower on, on Keegan Murray for a bunch of different reasons. The kind of ironic thing is, I would really like to see Keegan Murray go to like a good team where he can just be like the fourth starter on a good team in a motion offense where I like his opportunistic scoring. I like his ability to play a role 
Um, I like his ability to fit in and find ways to contribute. But if you're taking him at four, expecting him to be a star for a bad team, I just think you're kind of asking for a bit of trouble there. So higher on Ivy, lower on Murray, especially in a situation like the Kings. I'm thinking the only clear path for him possibly to get to a good team is if Sacramento and Toronto work out some trade with OG. And I I just don't see it happening. Other than that, I, 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 I can't see it happening. Which, but I think your your assessment is is fair. I think if he goes to like a really bad team, and the expectations are for him to be like your go to scorer, then I think he's. I just don't think it's a good look for him. All right, it's on you, Richard. Marjan Bochamp. I have a lot of concerns about him. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if both him and uh, I'll, I'll kind of double split this in half. Marjan Bochamp, I think, doesn't finish his rookie contract with the same team that he um, that he was drafted by. I don't think it'll be by trade of like, hey, we're using him to get a star. I think it's going to be, hey, we don't want him anymore. Uh, he's going to be 22 in training camp. I think people are really overlooking that. And I don't buy him being able to shoot at all. His mid-range was like, okay, uh, three-point shot was not that good and free throw percentage was relatively low. I think it was like 71% or something like that, give or take a percentage point. I don't know if I buy him at all. Um, I, I kind of keep him in the 31, 32 range because he will get drafted and get more opportunities. But uh, from a pure talent evaluation, I think there's a lot better players. The other half of this is I think Jaden Hardy's out of the league in three years. Uh, I'm Ooh. very, very down on him. Uh, that one's probably the hottest one. Yes, <laughs> it's scorching. <laughs> no, I just, you look at a 6'4 guard who I, I don't really think he creates that well. Like it's a good trait, but it's like not a standout trait at all. And he's not explosive. I don't think he really creates a ton of space in the G League. don't think he's going to do it in the NBA. And I don't trust the shot to really translate that much. I think he's going to be out of the league in, uh, in four years, is my guess. Not, not four years. He'll get a chance. He'll be like out of, you know what I mean? Like the same way Jabari Parker isn't out of the league yet, it's going to be like he's going to be floating on that line pretty quick. Just the need for an undersized or low, below average score in volume that loves to shoot not that high. Which even makes my point that I made in a Big Bird article even more stronger is that if he does the shade and sharp route, he's a top five pick coming into this season, which guarantees him about $20 million. And if he ends up being like you say he is, then that ends up being like the, I mean, that's a humongous mistake that that, that he would have made. So very interesting that's definitely the hottest day i think on i think we may have to we may have to end it on that one but i have one more and this is my hot take <laughs> and this is going to be funny the sacramento kings are going to make the right decision tomorrow <laughs> or today okay that's hotter than mine yeah. <laughs> which is and that's taking Jaden ivy correct <laughs> i haven't thought what about is, it what is the right move? they are due to make a good decision Actually, the right move is to (laughs) the right move is to try to figure out if you can leverage what the teams are looking for in in Jaden Hardy. And if you like Keegan Murray, then maybe you I I don't I don't know if if there's a way they can make both happen. But I I do think that it's a new front office. We are kind of judging them based off of the last 16 years. But my hot take is, and I don't even know the answer to it, but they are going to make the right decision tonight. 
Can I play devil's advocate for the Kings real quick? Yeah. Because they've only had one real bad pick over the last like five years. It was unfortunately the worst one to miss on with Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. But Tyrese Halliburton, I don't think Davion Mitchell was really a bad pick. It definitely wasn't a good pick. It really wasn't a bad pick. They chose De'Aaron Fox in 2017. I think they're, for the most part, uh, I think they've actually been underrated as drafting. They just, they miss it. They miss when you can't miss, but they make their, they get their hits when they can, you know, play with a little bit. Yeah, but then they trade, they just went and then they, away Halliburton. And that's <laughs> right. the thing though. But like on draft night, they're getting better at draft evaluation. So progress. Yep. They're going to make the right decision. That's, that's just my hot take. I don't know what the right decision is. It doesn't seem like, I don't even know. I mean, even with Jaden Hardy, I'm not Jaden Hardy, Jaden Ivy, man. I keep getting these Jadens and Jalens mixed up. He hasn't worked out for them. And I know that he's a CAA guy and that so was Halliburton and, and all of that. So um, I don't know. I, I think that they, whatever it is, they make the right decision. I don't know if they get some type of deal from one of these teams. It sounds like there's a bunch of teams that are trying their, their hardest to move up to four. So we will see. All right, guys. Well, that wraps it up. It is going to be a crazy night tonight. And for those that are listening, you can check us out on the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. We'll be covering the draft. And now I want to talk to you about the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Those picks have been made. And you search now for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, and you will get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts, which is this crew you're listening to right now. And the five episodes of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft are underway. Make the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your first listen. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow with the NBA Big Board Crew, Leaf Chuline, Sam Ferris, and Richard Stayman. And we are out. <laughs>